Okay, here's, this is the study, and let me remind you, we started by saying Jesus talked about discipleship and fellowship and serving and everything, and we looked at the aspect of sin and confession, and we talked about relationship with God, that's a bath, completely clean, and then eternal, that's eternal life, and then fellowship with God, which is washing apart. And then we put seven questions up, and we thought, how do we deal with sin? We confess it. What is confession? Telling ourselves. Why do we need to confess? So we can have restoration to fellowship and forgiveness. How does God respond? He's faithful and just to forgive and cleanse. What sins do we confess? All that we know about. When should we confess sin? As soon as we know it. And then we said, well, what happens if we don't confess sin? And that was the lesson last time. And I'm just going to touch on it real quickly. Um, we, if you don't confess sin, you lose fellowship with God, both with God and others. You're out of fellowship. We're walking in darkness. If we don't confess, we lose the joy of our salvation. Basically, I put the joy of our salvation, but it's actually the, soy, so, uh, the joy of God's salvation. Psalm 51, 12 talks about it. The third thing is we're out of God's will. When we sin and don't deal with it, we're sinning. We're not following God's word. We're out of God's will. The fourth thing was we can't serve God because when we're out of God's will and we're not in God's power, he says in John 15, 5, apart from me, you can do nothing. He's talking about abiding in him. Abiding in him is being fellowship with him. So we can't serve God. Then we talk about we lose rewards. And I just wanted to remind you that when we say lose rewards, it doesn't mean that the rewards we have we lose. It means we're losing the opportunity to gain more rewards. I think Think that anytime you do something for the Lord and He rewards you, you're not going to lose that. But what happens is when you're sin in your life and you're out of fellowship, you lose the opportunity to gain more rewards. That's what how we look at it. Uh, we'll talk about we talked about standing before the judgment seat of Christ to be rewarded. First Corinthians three, rewarded. First Corinthians nine, run the race so you get the prize. Uh, a lot of people, you know, I said this, I said this the other day that some people teach that the reward that you get in the Bible is salvation. And it's like you live a good enough life, and the reward is salvation. Uh, the other night I was speaking to a group of guys, and one of them said, well, I've been taught all my life that salvation is the reward of living right. And so some people are. They're taught that salvation is not a gift. It's not by faith alone. It's you live right, and when you get to the end, you get, you get the prize, and the prize is salvation. We know that, that salvation is a gift by faith alone in Christ alone. We're saved forever. We have eternal life, and that rewards are earned as we live for Jesus Christ. And so if you're out of fellowship with, with God, we can't, and if we don't confess our sin, we lose the reward aspect. Uh, there's the loss of testimony. And we said that when you, when you uh, don't live for Christ, when you're in, out of fellowship, people can see that. And sometimes that it, there's a loss of testimony and people uh, look at believers and they'll say, and, and the truth is this, um, you can't tell, the, the, the truth is you can't tell by looking at a lifestyle whether it's a believer or an unbeliever. You can't tell whether it's a believer in sin or an unbeliever who just live in their normal type lives. But as those who have said, have told people, you believe in Christ, you've gone to the church, you've trusted in him for eternal life, and then you live badly, you lose your testimony. And, and, and whoops, wow, this thing is flipping real fast. Because we know that when you live in the power of the Holy Spirit, you look good. When you live in the power of the flesh, you look bad. First Corinthians 3 actually says you look like mere men. You look like unbelievers when you've got sin in your life. And we talked about, I'm just going to go past that. Uh, he just says that when you live in the flesh, you look like mere men, which means you look like an unbeliever. And then disciplined by God. And this was, this was one of the hardest ones of all, that 
when we say, when we sin and we stay in, out of fellowship, our Heavenly Father will discipline us. And he brings things in our lives that to, to basically to help turn us around, so to speak. Uh, Hebrews says, if you've been disciplined for the Lord, Lord, God disciplines his children. Uh, Hebrews 10 says it hurts, but the end result is holiness. Verse 11 says it ends up being the fruit of righteousness. And so there's a lot there. And then we saw, talked about in Psalm 51.8 how David said that when he was out of fellowship with God, he felt like his bones were broken because God was disciplining him. And he, he says God's... Uh, hand was heavy upon me. Listen to this. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of summer. So he's saying, listen, when I had sin in my life, you disciplined me, and this is what it did. And we talked about Ananias and Sapphira, who lied to God, who lied to God and died immediately. And I, I just tell you, I'm so thankful that right now he doesn't kill us every time we lie. Right? Because none of us would be in this room, most likely. No, you know. And, and then um, uh, when David did not, did, not, did not with his sin, that's what happened. Um, I, I think of 1 Corinthians, where the Corinthian believers were getting drunk at the Lord's Supper. Some were eating, some weren't. They were getting drunk. They weren't even remembering what they were doing. And God said, some of you are sick, some of you are weak, and some of you even sleep. And he said, some of them dying because of being out of fellowship with God and the disciplined hand of God. So I think that's where he took, let me go back to this. So that's where we stopped. And if you notice on the back of your sheet, well, not the back, but the last page, we have related questions. And I thought it might be good just to talk about those. And, and it doesn't matter how fast we go. If we go fast, we'll just go into the grow group time. And if we don't go fast, we'll, we'll just go normal. But uh, so here's some questions. Just questions that you might, people might say. Do you need to feel sorry for sin? And, and what we're saying is some people say you need to come to God and tell him you're sorry. And if you're not really sorry, he will not forgive you. I've had people say that. Should we, when we confess our sin, what if when we're confessing our sin, we, we don't say I'm sorry for what I did? Now, most of the time, most all of the time, I'm sorry when I sin, Right? I don't want to sin. I do sin, but I, I want to sin, so I sin, but I don't really want to sin. As Paul says, the things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I don't want to do, I do, what a wretched man I am. So you feel the same way, right? You want to sin, but you don't want to sin. And then when you sin, you say, gosh, I wish I hadn't sinned. And when we confess our sins, what does he say? Tell on yourself. If we confess our sins, if we say, I lied, I lied. It, are we supposed to? Do we have to say, I'm so sorry I lied? The truth is, no. The bottom line is, he, he says, confess it, which is telling yourself. But I, I'm always sorry. And, 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 and when we say sorry, not sorry you got caught. Sorry that we did it. And so you might say, look, uh, I, you know, I, I am sorry I'm doing this, but I, may, I don't have to say to him, oh, I'm so sorry I did this. He says, confess your sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us. So any input on that, just think through it. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying I'm sorry, but some people say if you don't say you're sorry, he doesn't uh, deal with your sin. I don't think that's accurate. Okay, the second big question is, does confession remove the consequences of the discipline? Well, who, who said what? Who said no? So you've experienced this. Right? <laughs> it's so true. Uh, sometimes we know this. I, I remember this is when I was first growing as a Christian. I went to Knapp. My pastor, his name was Knapp Clark, James Clark, but he called him Knapp. And so I said, Knapp, if you do something wrong and you confess it, 
does he still discipline you as if you didn't confess it? And he said this, would you rather be in fellowship with God if, when he disciplines you or out of fellowship with God when he disciplines you? I said, well, I guess I'd rather be in fellowship with it. So deal with your sin, confess your sin. He may or may not remove the consequences. Let me ask you a question. Any of you in this room sinned and you thought that, and as you looked at your life, you said, God was really gracious to me because I don't, I don't see that he really put anything on me because of my sin. Has any of you ever experienced that? I, I have all the time. I mean, there are things I do and I go, I, I, God, you are so gracious to me. So let me just say this. Confession doesn't remove any consequences. He may or may not choose to do any discipline. He may or may not choose to do that. Uh, he, he, let, me, let me show you. There's really two kinds of... There's a natural consequence for sin. Um, you drive drunk, which is wrong, run off the side of the road, and the policeman comes and gets you. He's probably going to take you to jail. You could say to him, I just confess this to God. I, I don't think you need to take me to jail. No. Aren't there natural consequences to some things that we do? Uh, you, uh, a person that maybe drinks, 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 and then dies from some kind of disease and, you know, or other things. So you got to be really careful. There are natural consequences to some things that we do wrong. I think a lot of the venereal diseases are natural consequences that people, when they do things wrong. I actually do. Uh, then, but there are also divine consequences. And let me just say this. Sometimes I think our God is so great. When I say so great, so gracious to us that when we sin, he could do all kind of, he could, he could take us home. Just like he did Ananias and Sapphira or the people in Corinth. Or he could do anything. And so many times I think he's so gracious. Sometimes there are consequences. I, I know that all of you have probably experienced, I've experienced the consequences of my sin sometimes. So, but does confession remove them? Not necessarily, no. He may or may not choose to do what he was going to do or how he wants to do it, or he may choose to discipline us in a different way. But the truth is, as Knapp said, it's much better to go ahead and give you back into fellowship with God when any kind of discipline comes than to be out of fellowship with God when any kind of discipline comes. So the goal, what's the ultimate goal anyway? The ultimate goal is to escape consequences? No, the ultimate goal is to what? Be back in fellowship with God. So uh, sometimes we sin. I just, I just say this. God is so good to me. He's so good to me. He's beyond what I could even imagine how good he is to me. And there are so many times in my life that I think, you're so great. Thank you. You just, you didn't do what you could have done or what I think you might have done. Or I don't have any idea what he could do or what he will do. But anyway, so does, does, does it? I, I think the answer is no. Okay, third. Here's, this is, what about forgiving others? Because we're talking about Sin and confession, and so when we sin, we confess our sin. But what about when other people sin against us and hurt us? We know that we're to do what? What are we supposed to do? Forgive them. And, and when we start talking about forgiveness, my gracious, okay, forgive. The, the, forgive means to release the debt. Now, let me, let me just remind you, we've talked about this a lot of times, so I want to go over this. When somebody hurts you, forgiveness is, is not saying, I just forgot it. You, you keep, some things you never forget. Some things are still in your brain for years. Forgiveness is saying, I release the debt. They don't owe me anything. 
Sometimes you may say, they need to come to me and tell me how, how they know they wronged me. No, forgiveness means I'm releasing the debt. They don't have to come to me. I'm not expecting anything. I'm going on with my life. I'm releasing the debt. And primarily, the releasing the debt is for us. It's for us because if you don't, we all know this, if you don't release the debt, if you don't forgive other people, it leads to anger, it then leads to bitterness, and then leads to depression. And you've got to be really careful because you can be mad at somebody and angry and they owed me and they never did. And before you know it, you're an angry old person and you're a depressed old person. And so God says, forgive, let it go. Let it go. That's what it really says. Look at Matthew 18. Look at verse 21. Peter came and said to him, to, to, to Jesus, Lord, how often should, I, should my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Big question, isn't it? He says up to seven times. Why did he say seven times? We know at this time, and you've heard us teach this before we talked through all this, you've heard that, that the Pharisees at that time said, when somebody sinned against you, you can forgive them three times. And after the third time, you don't forgive them anymore. So Peter comes to Jesus and says, how many times? And he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really jack it up here. How about seven? That's, that's twice the Pharisees at least. And what did Jesus say? Jesus said, uh, I did not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. He's saying, uh, how many is that? How many is that? 490. Do you think you're going to keep that record? And what he's saying is what? Every time. Every time. The idea is always forgive others. Release the debt. Remember what we said, and we saw it in Sunday school, I mean, in the church service early this morning if you weren't there, but people don't get away with sin. When somebody hurts you and you say, if I forgive them and I let it go, they're going to get away with it. No, they won't. God, vengeance belongs to the Lord, and he knows how to deal with everyone, so leave it to God. He will handle that sort of thing. And so uh, what we do is forgive one another. Look at this, uh, seven, times seven. Be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. How? Just as God in Christ Jesus has forgiven you. How often has God forgiven you? Every time, Right? And so what should we do when we relate to other people every time? It's really, uh, I, I think it's, it's a hard thing. Colossians 3, 12 and 13 says, forgive one another. And what happens if we don't forgive other people? So we already talked about, what if we sin? We confess our sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. But what if somebody hurts us and we don't forgive them? Look at Matthew 16. Turn a couple of pages back. Matthew 16. Wait a minute, that's not where I'm looking. Uh, I think I must have written the, uh, maybe it's Matthew 6. Let me just flip back there. If, it's, if, I, if I wrote the wrong verse down, I'll just tell you what it says. Oh, yeah, it's Matthew 6. I, I, I had 16 down because I'm stupid. And, uh, but it's actually 6, verses 14 and 15. He says, if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you don't forgive others, then your heavenly Father will not forgive your transgression. What are you talking What? He's saying this, that if somebody hurts you and you don't forgive them, you're out of fellowship with God. And God says, as long as you're out of fellowship, you need to deal with that so I can forgive you. But I'm not going to forgive you as long as you don't forgive other people. So when we are out of fellowship with other people, if we're not forgiving other people, guess what? We're out of fellowship with God, and he's not forgiving us. Now, we're not talking about salvation. We all know that. It has nothing to do with eternal life salvation. I, there is a president, 
of a seminary that's a famous seminary, and not Dallas Seminary, but there's a president who says, this passage says, if you don't forgive others, you lose your salvation. That's not what that says at all. He says, I just don't forgive you. And what happens when God doesn't forgive us? We are out of fellowship. We're not out of salvation. Good gracious, you can't get out of salvation. Why? Why? Because eternal life is eternal life. That's right. And so when, when, if we don't forgive other people, if we don't forgive other people, uh, we're out of fellowship. So that's why it's such a, de- it's such a deal that when, that when somebody hurts us, we forgive. And listen, what if somebody hurts you and they come to you and said, I blew it. I, I messed up. What do you do? You forgive them. You forgive them and you let it go. What if they don't come to you and say, I did wrong? In fact, what if you were to go to them, as the Bible sometimes says, if your brother is, and you go to them and say, you know, you really hurt my feelings, and they say, tough, sorry, (laughs) tough. What do you do then? You forgive them every time. That's why 70 times seven, let it go. Because if you don't, you in fellowship with God? No, you're not. And so that's why it's such a vital thing. You don't want to be out of fellowship with God. You don't want discipline. You don't want anger, bitterness, depression, all of these things. That's why when you see John, the passage in John, where Jesus is washing their feet, what is he telling them? He's saying, if I don't wash part of you, you have no part with me. You're already clean all over. That's the bath. That's eternal life salvation. But you need a part washed, and that's fellowship. Okay. Now, then... Here we go, one more. Uh, oh, there. It's the wrong verse. Just remember that. Okay, now, do we confess our sins to others? Wow. Wow. It depends on what we mean. If it means that I go to somebody, like a priest or someone, and that I've done wrong, and I've got to go to that person and tell him my sins, and then he tells me things I need to do to deal with my sin. The answer is no. We can, come, we can come where? We come boldly where? To the throne of grace. We don't go to other people to deal with our sins like that, okay? But if we're talking about that I hurt somebody else or I sin against somebody else and I know it and they know it, what should I do? I should go to them and say, Susie, I blew it. I, I, shouldn't have, I shouldn't have said that about you, how mean and horrible and everything you are, and I shouldn't have said that. But... <laughs> So, so what? She said, so what? You know what she said? I'm not forgiving you. I know. I, <laughs> but the truth is, so if, if you hurt somebody else, and you know it, and, and so you can go to them. Now, let me say this. Be real careful. I had a friend come to me one time. I'm, I'm just going to tell you the truth, okay? This is going to be tough. He came to me, and he said, there's this girl in my class that I know. I said, okay. He said, and I lust after her. I went, whoa, okay. He said, I think I should go tell her that I'm lusted. I said, no, I don't think that's a good idea. Okay, I, I think there's sometimes we sin, maybe against somebody, that it's not a good idea to go to them, okay? But if they know or if they're hurt or somehow, then, then we do. We might go to them, as, as the passages say to us, you know, if, you're, if, you've hurt, if, you, if you know that your brother has something against you, go to them and, and confess it. Uh, when, when, 
we don't need to go to an individual person to get forgiveness of sin. We already know that, I think it's right there, First John 2, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is our intercessor and advocate, and they're two different things. Intercessor means that when we pray prayers, he's right there. Advocate means when we deal with sin, he's right there. So instead of going to an individual person, or anything like that, we can go to God. But when we hurt somebody else, we can go to them and say, I'm so sorry, will you forgive me? Sometimes they will, sometimes they won't. Now, if they don't forgive you, what are you going to do? Nothing. You've, you've released the debt anyway. You've already done it all. You've done everything you can do. And if they won't be, you know, it take, reconciliation takes two people. Forgiveness takes one person. You forgive, it's, that's done. Reconciliation is they've got to be want to be back together with you. And you could be the one wanting to reconcile, and they're not, and it won't work. So reconciliation is different than forgiveness. I've had people say, there's not really forgiveness unless there's reconciliation. I said, that's not true. You may never have reconciliation with certain people. And let me just say this in a nice way. There's certain people you might not ever want to be reconciled with. You want to forgive them, and you want to go on with your life, and you let, give it to God's hands, but you've got to deal with that. Now, let me show you one other thing about confessing your sins to somebody else. Turn to James chapter 5. Kind of the, almost to the back. This is a little bit different. And let me just go ahead and preface it by saying, sometimes, and based on what we can see from James, there are people who might have sin in their lives, and then there's sickness because of sin in their lives, and they recognize that, and so they call for leaders of the church to come, and they tell them what's going on, and the leaders pray for them. Now, you ever heard of that? Now, I've heard people say things like, I got this bad, bad, bad cold, and I'm gonna, I, I, I knew somebody one time who, who had an ear infection, and it wouldn't get well, and so they called me and said, I want the elders to come and anoint me with oil and to heal my ear infection. I said, I, we're not doctors. This is not, I, I don't think James is talking about if you're just a regular old sickness. Let's read the passages together. Look at Matthew, uh, James chapter 5, verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. If anybody cheerful, let him sing. Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed what? Sins, they will be forgiven him. Then notice what he goes on to say. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Okay, so the only, it shouldn't say, that was, it should just, that Galatians part is, should be gone. It shouldn't even be on that slide. But let me just say this, the best I can understand, and this is when, of course, James is there, it's the early part of the church. We see it in Corinthians, we see all this. Sometimes people did sin, did sin, and stayed in sin, and there was sickness, and they believed that 
Their sickness was from sin, and they called the elders, and the elders came to anoint them with oil. We don't know what exactly that means. I mean, what oil and what that, and their prayer offered, and it says, if he's committed sin, if this sickness really is committed sin, then they will be forgiven him. They'll get the forgiveness of sins. And that's why he says, confess your sins to one another. And I think the only thing that's saying is, number one, if you hurt somebody else, you go to them. But number two, if there's something in your life that you believe is based on your sin, this sickness, then according to this, you would call the leaders. Uh, I think normal sickness, go to a doctor, right? They go to your doctor and say, I, my ear infection won't get well. But if you think your ear infection is because you, you're living in open sin and you may be, then you may ought to deal with that. And so, so anyway, I just thought I'd throw that out because people say, uh, what does James mean when it says confess your sins to one another if we don't have to go to each other? Well, we go to each other if we hurt somebody. But this is talking about something else. So uh, that's a little bit harder aspect of it. So uh, my applications just, just for us, I mean, look at time. We, got, we, we can open the questions in just a second. Applications to deal with sin in our lives. We have to, and so we confess it. It affects our fellowship, service, joy, rewards, testimony, everything. Second, understand what confession is. Tell it on yourself. And the third, let's just remember that God is faithful. God, is that, I think those, are those already on your slide? They're already there, aren't they? You don't have to write all that in. I just wanted you to see it. Okay, let me, let me just throw this out for a second. Any, any questions or input or anything you want to talk about what we've talked about this morning? When we get to grow group, you can get in a lot more detail and a lot more stuff, but I just, we've got like two minutes. So what about anything? The, the sin one is the hardest one. I've had, in, as a pastor, uh, I've had like three or four times I've ever done that. And one time I actually think that uh, it was legitimate that uh, the person was struggling in a particular area, and we did that and prayed. Uh, and then there's other times a, a lady called me, this is years ago, so it's not in this church particularly, uh, and called me and said, uh, I've got this bad ear infection. I want the elders to come. And I said, well, okay, we, I, I'll get another elder and we'll come. But, but I had explained it to her what it was really all about. And she said, I still want to see if this will get rid of the ear infection. So, <laughs> but I, I think I think that, if it's sickness based on sin, it's when you call the elders. If it's sickness just based on sickness, I think you call your doctor. Okay, that's, that, that's what I think. Okay, any, any input, questions, anything? Okay, great, great point. I'm glad you brought it up. He said this. He said, I said that when you confess sin, you release the debt, but you still may remember what's going on. He says, he thought maybe... If, if you release the debt, you won't think about it anymore, or you're not supposed to think about it anymore. And then he said, because what if you dwell on it? Well, let me just say this. If you're dwelling on it, you're forgetting that you have let it go, okay? You already let it go. And sometimes, uh, listen, there are things that happened to me in the seventh grade I remember right now, okay? Because I'm not a real tall guy. You can imagine what might have happened to me in the seventh grade. But in your life, have people hurt you? Do does it go away and you never think about it again? No. Every now and then it comes back. So I think that forgiveness, letting go of the debt, uh, it would be great if you, could, if you never remembered it anymore. But what you do is if you do remember it, you need to remind yourself, okay, that's brought back up. I've already let that go. I'm not going to dwell on it anymore because I've released the debt and they don't owe me anything. And God, you're there always. That's how I do it. And so uh, it would be wonderful if you don't ever think about it again. But I think sometimes in our lives, and I've had people say to me, 
if you still remember it, you didn't forgive. Well, I think you forgave when you released the debt and you let it go that way and you're not expecting them to do something. I'll throw this out. I had a guy one time that came to see me and he was angry over his dad and he said, my daddy did this, he did this to me, he did it. my daddy should, should, have, should have come to me and told me and he wouldn't let it go. And the trouble was his daddy had been dead three years. His daddy's never going to be able to come back. and His daddy's never going to do that. He, he's not releasing the debt. He's still thinking his daddy owed him something. And the truth is, you just got to let it go. And, and, he, and, you know, so I think we might remember our hurts and where people hurt us, but we also got to remember that we've already released that debt and let it go.